Welcome to Dollars and Cents, creating your fulfilled life with Nicole Romito from Private Vista. In this podcast, we draw from years of experience as well as guest specialists to help you create the life you imagine. Join us in this journey as we enlighten and empower you to align your lifestyle to help you achieve your goals with a clear picture of your future. Now, let's get to the show. Hello, and welcome to the Dollars and Cents podcast with your host, Nicole Romito. Nicole, good to be with you. It's good to be with you as well, Bill. How are you today? I'm good, thanks. I feel a little odd stepping into the uh, legendary shoes of Eric, who I know you worked with for yes. quite a while. Yeah, those are those are large shoes to fill. I'm not going to try and spin it any other way, but he spoke very highly of you. So we're super excited to have you on our team and to help us continue bringing wonderful podcasts to all our listeners. So welcome. Well, thank you. I'm very happy to be here. And I'm excited about your guest today. As am I have yet another fabulous person who's going to be sharing her wisdom with our listeners uh, in studio with me today is Melanie Everett, and she is the founder and managing broker of Melanie Everett and Company. So welcome, Melanie. Thanks for joining us today. Hello, Nicole. Thank you so much for having me. I am totally honored to be joining in on this podcast today. Well, I really appreciate you taking time from your busy schedule to um, to share what I know will be a lot of great tips and your knowledge with people who, you know, this is a, this can be a very, it's usually very emotional, very scary, very exciting time in your life when you are deciding to purchase your first home. Oh, absolutely. We always say that it's one of those top life milestones right up there with graduating from college and starting your first job, getting married, maybe having a child, buying your first home is right up on that list. And it's something to be celebrated, but also something that is nerve wracking and there's no way around that. Yeah, absolutely. And before we get into, you know, our what we're going to talk about and, you know, sharing your knowledge and uh, some of both of our experience having gone through it, I just want to give a little bit of your background for our listeners. As I said, everyone today in studio, I've got Melanie Everett. She's the founder and managing broker of Melanie Everett and Company, which is an independent real estate brokerage firm, which she founded in 2019. So there's a heck of a time to be starting your own business. Kudos to you. Um, Oh, thank you. I'm glad that I didn't start it in 2020. That would have been a lot harder. That would have been a testament, uh, a testament to your your willpower. And I think your perseverance. Just want to share that, you know, you've grown your team to, uh, you have seven people on your team and collectively you all have served hundreds of buyers and sellers and you're a top 15 real estate team in Chicago by number of transactions. And that's, that's amazing. There's a lot of, a lot of homes and real estate in Chicago land area, but there's also a lot of realtors out there as well. So, um, if you're, you know, you're in that top 15, that's amazing. And, uh, I think that should really tell our listeners, we've got someone who is competent and really cares for her clients to be able to shepherd them through, as we just said, a very emotional and probably at this point in life, your biggest transaction to date. So with that, Melanie, why don't we go ahead um, and let's kind of start out talking about 
So you're thinking like, hey, I think I'm ready. I'm ready to buy my first house or, you know, you're ready. What do you recommend as people are preparing to even start to look for their first home? Oh, that's a great question, Nicole. I think that planning ahead is the best possible thing that you can do for yourself when you're getting ready to purchase a home. Um, And for us, that might look like getting a team assembled. And maybe that team consists of your uh, mortgage lender, your real estate agent, or your real estate team, and then potentially um, a financial advisor or somebody that's going to be kind of guiding you a little bit as you prepare to make such a large purchase. Um, And so I think preparing that team ahead of time, knowing who you want to work with, um, maybe doing consultations ahead of time. I know on my team, we will meet with buyers sometimes a year before they're actually looking to close on the property. And that allows us to get to know the clients um, and really kind of understand what their timeline looks like and what sort of inventory they're going to be looking at and just really kind of establish a strong relationship from the jump. Um, so that's something that you can definitely do to prepare is you know meet with professionals, get your A-team together, and just have a plan for what you're going to do. You're speaking my love language. Uh, I do planning for a living. Uh, so as you know, <laughs> so I couldn't agree more. Um, I think one theme that we'll be kind of touching upon consistently throughout our conversation today is And I've seen it with clients, you know, smart, successful, logical people. And as soon as you bring in buying or selling a home, it's like, holy guacamole, did the emotions (laughs) start to come through? I've even seen it with myself. I'm in my second home now. And I know both my realtor and my attorney are just like, oh my God, like, let us do our jobs. You know, we're not, we're not going to blow up this deal over $5,000. And, you know, so I've even had to be kind of like, walked back a little to, you know, be like, what are we dealing with? What's going to matter in the long run? But one thing I do want to point out, since you mentioned putting the team together is, you know, the mortgage broker or mortgage lender typically are going to come back with, here's the most that you qualify for. And I know being the financial advisor or financial planner on the team is that's great. And that's good to know what's the maximum you can um, be approved for, but we really need to fix, fit this in your overall financial plan, because you want to make sure that that monthly payment is going to still allow you to do your savings goals. If you have any other debt, we're talking about first time buyers. So you might still have student loans hanging around. You might have a car loan and your other fixed expenses, along with you don't want to be house rich and cash poor. So even though you're going to buy the, hopefully your first home is one of your dreams, you probably still want to be able to go to vacation or go out to eat and things like that. So I just wanted to add that little tidbit in to make sure you're looking at the full picture from the financial perspective and not just looking at the house in a vacuum or a standalone transaction. 
I love that, Nicole. And I think that's such rich wisdom to be able to provide to listeners. You know, one more thing on top of that is that when you're purchasing a home, it's about the overall price tag of the property to some extent, but more so when you're financing your purchase, it's about what your monthly payment is going to look like. Selling a lot of real estate in the city, we encounter a ton of condo buildings. And in those condo buildings, they have some pretty hefty monthly homeowners association fees. And so maybe the price tag overall looks low and looks like it's something that fits within your pre-approval, but you don't want to miss those, those HOA fees that can really, they get up there and that could seriously impact your lifestyle moving forward. If you are spending a lot of money per month on your overall monthly payment. So it's absolutely it's really important stuff to just plan ahead. And all, all of what you just said, Nicole, I echo a hundred percent. Right. And I mean, especially in the city, if you're looking at a condo in in one of the high rises or lakefront, those HOAs, I mean, I've seen them where the HOA alone is, is in my opinion, a mortgage payment on its own. So they're not insignificant. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I, I also echo too, especially even though our audience is nationwide, certainly in the Chicagoland area, property taxes are going to be another uh big addition to that monthly payment as well. And then of course, insurance as well. Yep. 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 Yeah. I think too, I mean, Melanie, how do you, and I might be getting a little ahead of us. So let me know if you want to put a pin in this, but not only what is that monthly payment where we talked about your principal and interest. So paying the bank back, if you have an HOA or homeowners association assessment, you're going to want and need insurance and then property taxes. But oftentimes too, I think looking at the home and saying, is it move-in ready? Mm, Or are you looking at the kitchen and saying, oh my God, these, you know, 1970s color scheme are just not going to cut it for us. How do you kind of coach or have, give your, your clients something to think about to understand? So you've got your down payment, your monthly payment, but is there money that's going to need to go in either A, to make it livable or move in ready, or it might be a a design or aesthetic preference, but you might just be like, I just can't live with this fuchsia bathroom. You know, we're going to have to get that repainted in short order. Oh, yes. I mean, this is something that is going to come into play on almost every single property. And that's just because nothing is perfect. And every home over time will require maintenance for sure. And then depending on how dated that property is and what your tastes are, you may also want to factor in a budget for improvements and updating. And I think as far as how do you figure out this stuff? It's really going to vary home to home. And for us, when we're out with a client, it all comes back to that initial showing. So what will happen is once we've got that client represented and we're officially working together and they're our buyer, we will be accompanying our buyer to showings. And on that showing, typically we're being met by a listing agent, not always. And in the Chicago suburbs, that's usually not the case, but a lot of times in the city, we're being met by a listing agent. And what will happen is we'll walk inside, we'll check out the space and we'll start asking questions and kind of getting right to the heart of it. We'll be asking what updates has the seller made during their ownership 
how old are the mechanicals? So that would be the furnace, a water heater, the, the AC. Um, how old is the roof? How old are the appliances? And then based on all of that information, just as far as the bones of the, the unit or the home itself, we can really inform our buyer, hey, you know, this, for instance, this furnace is 30 years old. Most furnaces have a life expectancy of 20 to 25 years. So knowing that you're really interested in this home and the furnace is older, this is something that you want to budget for and know, expect that potentially if you purchase this home, you might be looking to replace this furnace in the next couple of years. Um, and so that kind of starts to lay the groundwork for just setting those expectations of like maintenance happens. Every single home is going to have something, whether it's just light painting that's needing Absolutely. to be done or, you know, replacing a microwave for instance. But yeah, I mean, this is a, a crucial part of home ownership. And especially when you're coming from a rental background, you know, when you're renting, if something breaks, you call the call the management company, call your landlord. But you know, when you are a homeowner, you are you are responsible. And so it's definitely, I think one of the the greatest things about home ownership is that you're in full control, but also to a first-time buyer, it can be a little intimidating. Absolutely. And especially, I know personally, I was um, earlier today dealing with, I had a new hot water heater installed and they didn't do it correctly. And it was leaking for a very slow leak before I discovered it. So I'm now dealing with, you know, getting people in here to get the quote and then having to deal with the uh, install company, right? To make sure they're going to pay for the damage. So, and while I know, you know, the company's going to pay for it, it's just, it's my time out of my work day to be, you know, to be coordinating and dealing with this. So I, I think that's great. What are some of the other things maybe you talk to your first time buyers so that either they're, they're prepared for that or things that you or one of your teammates might point out or make to ask when they're looking at properties so that you don't get all caught up in the, oh, look at this fabulous, you know, kitchen, or I could totally see entertaining here. And you guys are looking at the, you know, like, oh, it looks like uh, they're going to need a new roof in short order or things like that. So how do you kind of temper that or educate your clients to come in with their eyes wide open? Great question, Nicole. And something that um, my firm really is um, passionate about is just first time home buyer education. And for us, how that looks is once we secure a client and we're working together, we will give them access to our buyer resource center, which is an online database chock full of information on all sorts of things. So life expectancies for um, different home elements, facts that you might not know about different building materials, for instance, brick home versus a um, vinyl siding home and what are the difference, what are the pros and cons, and really just doing a deep dive onto all of these different elements of the home. Um, because exactly what you said, it is very easy to get distracted by the pretty features and right. maybe the great interior design of that property. If a seller has really cute furniture, um, you know that will certainly help move that property off the market, but it can also sometimes 
sometimes distract the buyer from what's really going on beneath the hood. Um, so knowledge is power. Uh, we are really big on that at Melanie Everton Company. And it's something that we really work into kind of our, our full step process from A to Z is just always linking back to this resource center and making sure our clients feel as empowered and informed as possible. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more because I know in talking with you um, and things like that, it's oftentimes like the less sexy things where you're like, oh, this is a concrete building and let's make sure that they externally sealed it, right? Mm, or yes. I know that especially in the city, I've had a lot of clients and friends who have had massive amounts of water issues um, because either with gut rehabs or new builds, it's generally speaking i feel like if if the developer or builder can cut corners that they they oftentimes will and then you know the buyer or the owner is the one left holding the bag so true nicole so we've talked a little bit about like the showing how you're you know helping them see past all the pretty distractions if you will what about like maybe do you have any want to give any color or thoughts on like the different types of property types and where you might find more of them. I know the term in your industry is inventory, but like where you might find, like, uh, I know I'm in a townhome and I wanted to stay in the city. Good news, bad news. There's not a lot of, there's not a lot of townhome communities in the city. So I wasn't getting overwhelmed with options. Bad news is they move very quickly. So you want to share any thoughts on, on that? Oh, absolutely. Well, I will say that the last couple of years, the city and the suburbs of Chicago have been dealing with record low inventory. And what that means is there's just been more buyers and there are sellers. There's a lot of reasons for that, that I, you know, I'll, I don't necessarily think we need to dive into right now, but what it has created is just this shortage of housing and a really competitive market for buyers. Um, There's definitely exceptions to that. Not every Chicago neighborhood is red hot, for example, Mm -hmm. but I do think that this is something that a first time buyer needs to be aware of as they're jumping into the market of just knowing that there's there's less homes to go around. So when it comes to actually finding those homes, there are two main ways of a property can be categorized. It could be a off-market listing or a private listing, or it could be a public listing. Now, the public listings, that is what you're seeing on Zillow, on Realtor.com. Those are all over every brokerage website, and they're pretty easy to find without a broker. You really just log on to your app or on your computer, and you can browse homes for sale. Private listings, those are a little bit different. Those are properties that are not available to the public for one reason or another. Maybe the seller is very private and it does not want their property address and their home photos out there. Or perhaps that seller is testing price and they're not sure. Um, and maybe they're they're trying it out first on the private market to see if they get bites. And then if they don't, they'll list on the public market. So there's definitely a lot of, there's a lot of homes that wind up on the private network and the private market. And, you know, when you are working with a realtor, you do have the opportunity to be plugged into those properties as well. And for us, what we always say to a buyer is, 
the more the merrier. You need to have options, especially in a low inventory market. And so just looking at what's on the private network is not a good strategy. Just looking at what's on the public market is not a good strategy. You really need to be on both. You need to be plugged in and getting those real-time emails sent to your inbox from the MLS and including of those private properties as well. And that way you'll be able to kind of cast a wider net and see what's out there. And this is true, whether you're looking at a townhome, like you live in Nicole or a condo or a single family home, even a two flat or a three flat, if you're looking to uh, potentially purchase investment property. So yeah, definitely a different ways to find property, but at the end of the day, they all boil down to the public versus private. Hey, pardon the interruption. I know you are listening to Dollars and Cents, creating your fulfilled life with Nicole Romito, and we're happy you're here. If you have any questions, please head over to myprivatevista.com or the show notes to find out how to reach us. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, and I I think um, that leads me to a a question. um, I think probably both of us in our industries, you know, you have a lot of people out there who are like, oh, I'm a do-it-yourselfer. Why would I pay someone to do this? I can figure it out on my own. One thing you mentioned that if someone was going to not use a real estate agent um, to represent them as the buyers, they wouldn't have access or even know about the private listings. What else? I mean, I'm a big fan of you hire the people who this is what they do for a living because you have you and your team have bought and sold hundreds, if not thousands of homes on behalf of your clients. What are some other benefits or ways that by hiring a realtor, you know, benefits the buyer where they either may not know something if they're trying to do it on their own, or again, just oftentimes having professionals at the table can actually make the transaction go quicker and smoother in my experience. You're totally spot on that having professionals in any big purchasing moment is so important and really can best protect you as a purchaser. And what I will say, and maybe I'm getting a little ahead of the conversation, Nicole, but I think the the real estate professionals are important for getting access to homes, but I think our our role goes so much beyond just oh, opening absolutely. doors. Absolutely. Yeah. And I would love for you to uh to expand on that. I agree. I was just kind of laying the groundwork oh, for you to be totally. able to share. So <laughs> totally. please go on. Yes. And I, I think that nowadays with so many properties being available online, I think the search process itself is different. 20 years ago, you did not have properties at your fingertips the way that you do today. Um, Back then, the real estate agents, they had these books and they were the only ones that knew what was on the market. Um, So it's kind of funny how just like over the years, our industry has changed so, so, so much. And I think it's really given agents an opportunity to step back and say, how can we be most valuable? If it's not opening the door, which it used to be that for sure, like where do we really come into play in the transaction? And I think for us, you know, I've definitely touched on how the value is in education and preparation. And that is not just in the beginning of the home search process. We don't just educate you when you start and then kind of let you go. I think 
it, it's a huge moment when you actually find the property that you want to buy. And then you have to say, oh my goodness, like, how the heck do I do this? How do I exactly. write an offer? Oh my God. Um, how much is this property worth? <laughs> like, what is earnest money? You know, like, yeah. um, can I Venmo earnest money? You know, there's so <laughs> many questions that a first time buyer might have. And I think once you're in that offer stage, that's when you really need the guidance of a real estate professional to be able to draft the offer, explain the offer, look at comparable sales with you, and then decide on those different terms that are going to be a part of your offer. So that might be price. It's going to be earnest money. It's going to be your down payment and just figuring out like, what are, what are the biggies that we're going to be offering to that seller? And then if you put together your offer and you submit it to the seller and you find out the seller has multiple offers, well, at that point, you need to kind of take a step back and look at some multiple offer strategies. And so that, again, I think is where an agent is going to come into play of like, all right, how do we make our offer stand out? There are so many different strategies that we have. We kind of have like a little toolkit just filled with different options for this. And I think that just, you know, having that information at your fingertips as a buyer is going to put you in a much better position against somebody that might not be using an agent. You definitely don't have to use an agent to buy a home, but I think most first-time buyers, you know, I want to say like 95% of people are just because there's so much kind of a mystery around the offer and negotiation process and then what comes after that. Yeah. And why don't we talk about that? Because, you know, you've talked about, okay, I'm going to buy a home. I've got pre-approved. I have my, um, real, my real estate agent. We found the home. We've done the offer and negotiation. I mean, that's kind of really, you're still at, in my opinion, more towards the beginning of the process. I mean, what, what comes next after you've done the negotiation, there's agreed, an agreed upon price. What next would you be doing with your clients? Oh, yes. Well, that's really just the start. Once you have a signed contract, as you know, Nicole, there's a lot that comes next. Um, So what will happen is the seller will sign off on the executed contract, and then you'll officially have a contract with the seller. You will deposit your, usually there's two rounds of earnest money, but you will usually deposit your first round of earnest money with the listing brokerage that's representing the property. And that begins your due diligence period. So you'll be hiring a home inspector and you'll be hiring a real estate attorney, both of which professionals we have strong recommendations for. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, these are people that you're hiring to really kind of go through this property with a fine tooth comb. Because when you're there at a showing, it's brief. You're there for maybe 10 minutes. You don't necessarily get to um, really investigate that home's health. Um, And then once you go under contract, you need to have that opportunity to perform that due diligence. So what will happen right after you turn in your earnest money is your inspection appointment will come up. This is usually within a couple of days of inking out that final contract. And the inspector will spend, um, you know, depends on how large the property is, but for a condo, about an hour for a single family home, a couple of hours. And the inspector will just go through it and make sure that everything is functioning as it should. Um, And they'll also be able to point out uh, just different home maintenance kind of 
FYIs, things to know about, you know, where your water shutoff is. If you, if you have filters that need to be changed out and, you know, a long list of other things. And then there's definitely things that an inspector might uncover that are worthy of negotiating with the seller. Um, and so that's really where then your real estate attorney comes into play. They're kind of waiting in the wings until you conduct your inspection. And then once you do, you'll discuss your inspection report with your agent and sometimes with your attorney, and you'll be able to put together a list of these are some things that I want the seller to potentially credit me for at closing. Or these are things I would like the seller to take care of before closing. Um, and that's kind of a, a next step of negotiation on top of the original contract that you already negotiated. So let's say you do your inspection and you discover that there's just a couple of plumbing items that need attention and maybe some of the windows don't operate as they should. Well, perhaps then with your attorney, you decide that you're going to ask the seller to have those windows looked at before closing and make sure that they're opening properly. And then also credit you $300 for some plumbing stuff that needs to happen. Mm, um, and then okay. maybe the seller agrees to that and great, you're on your merry way. You will wrap up your attorney review period of the contract and then you will move on to really just focusing on getting your loan done with your lender if you are financing the property. There's a lot that happens right away between right. You know, like getting the inspector in there, talking it's a to your whirlwind. attorney. It is such a whirlwind, Nicole. And I think it can be it can be a stressful couple of days. I mean, I'm not going to lie. There's no way around that. But that's right. what we're here for is we want to really partner with our clients through those couple of days. We want our operations director to be just making sure everything is organized and that all of the right hires are in place and that the team is working smoothly together. So um, that all happens right as soon as you have a signed contract with the seller. Um, and then as far as how long it takes to close on the property, usually mm -hmm. with a loan, you're looking at 30 to 60 days from the date that you sign off on the property. It could be a little bit sooner than that. It could be a little bit longer than that. But I think the sweet spot is right around like the 30 day mark. That's great. Well, I have to say, I could sit here and talk to you all day, Melanie. Um, you explain things so well in an easy, easy to understand language and which makes you very accessible. So I can see why you and your team have uh, successfully represented so many clients. Why don't we, for to wrap up, if you want to maybe share a few of your key takeaways or things that you would want first-time home buyers to keep in mind as they either are starting the process or are contemplating doing so? Such a great question, Nicole. I do have a couple of tips at just kind of the top of my head. I think first is one that I've already touched on, but plan ahead and get your team together early. And I would say a great way to assemble your team is to check out online reviews. We look at online reviews for restaurants and for, you know, maybe hotels, but why not also for real estate agents and mortgage lenders? I think this is a great way to get to know a professional a little bit beyond just what their website bio says, um, is understanding what their clients have said about them. So that's a great place to start when you're assembling okay. your team. And then another tip I would say is trust the process. That sounds a little bit corny, I realize, but you know, if a property is not the one for you, it's not going to work out. And we might do everything on our side as like the buyer's representatives to make this home yours and to 
you know, get the right people in there, get the contractors in there if we need a second look at anything. But, you know, if at the end of the day, we're pushing, 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 and this property is just giving us pushback on that side of things, then, you know, maybe it's not the one for you. And I think just kind of giving yourself the space to potentially walk away from a property if needed is going to just maybe in the end of the day, be the best decision possible for you. There's always going to be another home. Homes, so I think are, so true. you know, they're, they're in short supply for sure, but there's not like, there's just one property out there for you that like, if that one doesn't work out, there will never be another one. I think that, you know, even for, for my husband and I, when we were looking to buy our latest place, we fell in love with many different properties. And I think at that point, we were just kind of deciding like what works best for us at this current life stage. But we didn't go into it with the mindset of there's one home out there and it has to work out. We have to win the multiple offer situation. The inspection has to go smoothly. I think once you kind of have that iron grip on a home, it just it sets you back a little bit in, in the process and just, yeah, maybe not the best strategy to have when you're purchasing, which I know is hard to say to somebody, especially when that person's in love with a home and they're like, yeah, well, and they're in the they moment. And oh, yeah. Yes. They're picturing themselves or their family or their favorite antique couch in there. <laughs> I get it. I get it. So we love an antique couch, Nicole. I mean, who doesn't, right? <laughs> yes. So, well, great. Well, again, Melanie, thank you so much for certainly sharing all your knowledge. Um, but more importantly, I mean, time is all of our most uh, valuable commodities. So I appreciate you taking time to uh, share your wisdom and spend some time with me and our listeners today. So thank you for being here with us. Thank you, Nicole. I had a ton of fun and I'm super grateful for the opportunity to share today. Absolutely. And as our listeners know, I always ask each of my guests a question. If there weren't any like time constraints or financial constraints or anything was possible, where would you most like to live and why? <laughs> I love this question. And my answer, honestly, is like a gut reaction. Ooh, um, I would want to live in Hinsdale, Illinois, which is where I grew up and Aww. where my family is. And just, it's very near and dear to my heart. I currently live in the city and I love the city and my business is based in the city. But I think if there were no obstacles and we could just be anywhere that we wanted to be, it would probably be Hinsdale. It's just a really sweet, sweet, small town. That's great. That's great. Well, thanks for sharing. If any one of our listeners would like to get in contact with you, what is the best way for them to do so? You can reach me via email. I'm at Melanie at MelanieEverettCo.com. And you can also find me on Instagram. My handle is at MelanieEverettCo. Wonderful. Well, I'm sure lots of people will be reaching out. I really appreciate that you take a similar approach um, as we do at Private Vista, where our number one thing is we do want to be able to educate people. And even if we don't end up having a business relationship with them, we always feel good that if we've given them a couple questions to ask or a few things to think about. Um, but having education is a great first step. And especially when you're contemplating what you know, for first time home buyers, most likely will be their biggest financial transaction at that point in their life. So thank you so much, Melanie. Thank you, Nicole.
And thank you, Nicole. That was really interesting. Although I will have to say, Melanie, you gave me a little bit of a flashback to when my wife and I bought our first property and it was anxiety angst filled. And I, I can't underscore the value of having an expert, like an advisor, like, like yourself, Melanie, just keeping us informed along the way about what was going to happen and how things were going to happen. It just sort of simplified the process a whole lot. I've got to tell you. Oh, wow. That's awesome, Bill. And sorry that it gave you bad flashbacks. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. We're in our third home now. So it You're all worked out well. But yeah, some, something's going well. You weren't totally soured on the process. <laughs> no, not at all. Nicole, thank you very much for bringing Melanie to us. And thank you listeners for listening to the podcast. If you're a new listener and you like what you heard, hit the subscribe button so that the next episode will be automatically delivered to you and you won't miss an episode. We also humbly ask that you share and rate the podcast. In doing so, you will help others find it. I'm Bill Tucker, and on behalf of Nicole Romito and the Dollars and Cents podcast, thanks again for listening. Until next time. Thank you for listening to the Dollars and Cents, Creating Your Fulfilled Life with Nicole Romito, sponsored by Private Vista. Visit our website at www.myprivatevista.com or give us a call at 312-831-4370. And don't forget to click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. Private Vista is a group comprised of investment professionals registered with Hightower Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Advisory services are offered through Hightower Advisors, LLC. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities. No investment process is free of risk, and there is no guarantee that the investment process or the investment opportunities referenced herein will be profitable. Past performance is neither indicative nor a guarantee of future results. The investment opportunities referenced herein may not be suitable for all investors. All data or other information referenced herein is from sources believed to be reliable. Any opinions, news, research, analyses, prices, or other data or information contained in this presentation is provided as general market commentary and does not constitute investment advice. Private Vista and Hightower Advisors, LLC, or any of its affiliates make no representations or warranties expressed or implied as to the accuracy or completeness of the information or for statements or errors or omissions, or results obtained from the use of this information. Private Vista and Hightower Advisors, LLC, assume no liability for action made or taken in reliance on or relating in any way to this information. The information is provided as of the date referenced. Such data and other information are subject to changes without notice. This was created for informational purposes only. The opinions expressed herein are solely those of the authors and do not represent those of Hightower Advisors, LLC, or any of its affiliates.